Beards for Radio. All right. It's freaking hot outside, but this episode of Beards for Radio coming at you right now is even hotter. Am I right, Sasha? Blazing. Blazing hot, man. Right. Like Houston, Houston rocket hot. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Let's jump right into it. Yeah. Um, jump right into it, man. What, what do you think? What's, how do you think Houston's going to end up, man? I don't think they got better, in all honesty. Like, I don't see how, with the, the layout of the team they have right now, I don't see how Westbrook is an upgrade from Chris Paul. Because, look, the, Chris Paul, I think... I thought it was going to be an interesting project working him alongside James Harden. And it was, and to an extent it worked, it worked pretty well. I give Mike D'Antoni a lot of credit. I think he's one of the better offensive minds in the NBA right now, but there's only one ball on the court. So it's going to be difficult for James Harden and Russell Westbrook in my mind to share the court and the ball together. Um, unless I'm just not giving Mike D'Antoni enough credit. So that's my take on it. I don't think the Rockets got better and they gave up two first-round picks uh, to get Russell Westbrook. So I don't know. I think it was like sentimental value to James Harden getting Russ, Russ back. So Yeah, I, <clears throat> I, I see what you're saying. But I kind of like I, – I, I'll take a step back because, you know – Dan Tony, you know, he – you're kind of giving him a little more credit than it is deserved. You have a guy like uh, like uh, James Harden who, to me, travels right. 40% of the time he grabs the ball. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if he can, you know, put up 63 uh, and, and, and couple that with a triple-double, you know what I'm saying, you kind of don't have to really coach. You know what I'm saying? I think we saw more of his best coaching, you know, when he was with Nash. You know what I'm saying? So Yeah. But 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 um for for Westbrook and Harden together like in OKC we saw it okay because that was their game and now they kind of evolved into their into their like own thing or to me Westbrook is like fast pace he's gonna kick it up he's gonna keep on going keep on going keep on going high motor where uh Harden is kind of like give me the ball I'll kind of dribble around. You know, pound it down until about nine seconds left on the clock, and I'll do my move. It's like right. they kind of like they're they're just so so polar opposites. You know, once once go go go, once like slow it down, and then like like I said before, when Harden does not have the ball on offense, he is very disengaged with the offense. You know what I'm saying? So I think they're gonna they're gonna have to find a way for Harden to be like a, like a catch and shoot spot up shooter. Uh, opposed to you know always wanting to have the ball and in certain situations do your do your ISO because they'll pop up with the game come to you you know yeah but I think I think West I think Westbrook needs to kind of run that team like he has kind of run it like OKC and and, and people will be like whoa that's kind of you know they we know you really have spot up shooters you know what I'm saying you know like Houston has some spot up shooters uh, Gordon I think I think if you if if you acclimate that into the offense and 
change Harden's, you know, mindset where he doesn't need to have the ball, you know, to create a shot. He can uh, just get it off a catch and shoot, you know, and he can be a spot up shooter. You know, it'll it'll make him. I think it'll make him a little better, but I don't think Harden's ready to move out of his. Yeah. You know, let me dribble it around till about nine seconds left on the clock, and then uh, you know do my thing and and travel and shoot a three in everyone's face. But you know they have a, they have they have a lot of changing up to do, and I think Harden needs to change up how he does, and I think I think Westbrook needs to keep his same motor, but you know not not try to pad his stats as much. Yeah. And and. and and he has shooters around him, so he should not have a problem with, you know, breaking down a defense and kicking out. So. Right, yeah. If that's the way the Rockets are going to play now, then, yeah, I think the trade is a lot better than uh, my first reaction. But, you know, James Harden now is a lot different from James Harden in OKC when it was Russ and KD and Harden. Now he's – developed into somebody who is the superstar of the team. You know, he was he was the first man off the bench. He was the sixth man. Uh, you know, he was really good at it. He won sixth man of the year when he was with OKC, but still, he was not a starter. So, yeah, if, if he can accept that role or vice versa, if Russ can find a way to not need the ball as much, then I could see it working. Um, and I get wanting to make a move because there's so much going on around you. And there were all these rumors about Chris Paul and they kind of lined up with, um, you know, OKC having a wholesale and starting over new. And, uh, but I, I just, I don't think it makes them more competitive in the West now than they already were. Right. I think, I think you're right. They're kind of just stagnant. Right. Know? Yeah. They're, it's like stagnant. They're making moves, but they're still, the same. So I think it'll make for more interesting basketball because they're, they made a big change swapping Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook. But yeah, again, I don't think it really puts them over the top. I still see the Clippers or even the Warriors, um, you know, maybe uh, Utah coming out of the West or, you know, Denver. I don't think I, in terms of like West rankings right now, I think, the two LA teams, uh, the Warriors, the Jazz, and the Nuggets, and then if you want to throw like the Spurs and um, the Trailblazers, yeah, definitely the Blazers um, in there. Like, I don't think Houston is better than those seven teams. Maybe, maybe, oh. um, maybe Utah. Right. So you're putting them around the eight or nine. Yeah, I'd say like the West. somewhere between six and eight, which. I know uh, what were they? They were like the four or five seed last year. Um, so maybe I'm being unfair right. to them because I've, uh, yeah. But you know, a lot of teams in the West got marginally better, and I just don't think Houston really did. Right, right, and and I I think that's fair to say that you know it's it's not unfair because you know I think. Chris Paul and James Harden's games complement each other more than Westbrook's and Harden's now games complement each other. I think, you know, you brought up a good point where, or you brought up, you know, you said just now about vice versa. You know what I'm saying? Harden needs to accept that role or Westbrook needs to do something. But Westbrook, Westbrook can't 
move without the ball. Because I mean, Westbrook can move without the ball. Don't get me wrong; he's quick, mm-hmm. right? What's gonna happen? What's gonna happen when he comes off of a screen? He's not gonna hit that jump shot. I don't have confidence in him in that jump shot. So to me, there is no vice versa. James Harden has to accept that role to be that spot of shooter, to have to be the guy to not want the ball as much because he can come off screens because he's a better shooter. He can he can spot up because he's a better shooter. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like you can't have Westbrook go running around being Rip Hamilton because he's not gonna hit those middies uh, on a regular you know on a regular basis. He's not gonna hit those three pointers coming off of you know uh, I, I don't know who's the big guy over there now. Uh, you know, uh, Nene's screen or, you know, or Capella's screens, you know what I'm saying? He's, he's not going to hit those shots. So it has to be hardened to do that. And, 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 and there's no, no ifs, ands, or buts about it is anybody that needs it to, in my opinion, that needs to change their game up and, and, and do that role is going to be hard. It has to be hardened. It can't be Westbrook because Westbrook, you know, he just needs to not pad his stats as not try to go for his padding stats as much and be more of a facilitator, you know, and, and do his thing how he drives to the best, how he breaks down that D, how he finds yeah. those guys. That's what he needs to do. And Hard needs to accept that role and Gordon needs to be ready. And they just need to shoot the lights out when needed. And and, and there's no like there's to me, there's no way around that. That's how that offense needs to go next year. Yeah, and I, I totally agree with that as well. And, you know, from a money standpoint, I think uh, Westbrook's contract is a little bit more lucrative than uh, what Chris Paul was making. So, at least there's that. But, again, like, I believe it was two future first-round picks. I don't love that, but I get that it's the the cost of doing business, you know? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Um, I just think that uh, OKC's uh, uh, GM, what's his name? I can't think of his name. It's eluding me now, but he's just <clears throat> I think he's cleaning the house and I think he's getting yeah, deal Sam, after deal, man. I think he's Sam Presti. Sam uh Presti. Sam Presti. And he's just, you know, I I I think he's going to edit the right way. I think uh I think once KD left, I think that was that was the downhill, you know what I'm saying? And uh, and and K in uh Westbrook getting his triple doubles two years in a row. That's flipping amazing. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's awesome. It's great to watch. It's great to see. But if you're if you're a a, a state where your only you know professional team is the Oklahoma City Thunder, you're gonna want a championship. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's either that or like the Sooners. You know football. You know that's that's what you got there. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. so after and, a while, they they want to see more than just uh, uh, triple doubles. You know. Right. So now that sets up. The war, or not the Warriors, the Thunder, uh, a whole bunch of not no names, but not well known names, uh, and then Chris Paul and even Stephen Adams. Um, what do you think the market looks like for those guys, Chris Paul now and Stephen Adams? Because I, with the way they've been making moves, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Stephen Adams uh, playing somewhere else at the end of next season. Um, I think I think Steve Adams is the most well-rounded big man. I want to say the most well-rounded big man because he's you know he doesn't have like a, he he can't step out and shoot it right. But you know he doesn't have he, that bad of a shot. You know if he's up, he's good at what he does. And you know what? Let me tell you something, dude. 
that's the guy that you want backing you up. Mm-hmm. Whenever when when he's like those guys that you you're gonna go to war with. I mean, he's the youngest of nineteen brothers. You know what I'm saying? So he's gonna go to war for his brothers, his teammates, and and they, you know you know I I don't want to see uh, Steve Adams doing a haka coming at me. No, you know what I'm saying? And like 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 that uh, fan that came out on the uh, court. And went after Westbrook that one time. Westbrook pushed him. Who's the first one there? Adams. Every time there's a scuffle. Every time someone touches his his uh, guys on the floor, and Stephen Adams on the floor, he is there to intervene and get in the middle. And everyone kind of just stops. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. Stephen Adams is a friggin' wall. You know what I'm saying? So anywhere he'll go, he'll be serviceable. He'll be able to do his thing. You know what I'm saying? He'll he he runs a pick. He runs a pick and roll solid. You know what I'm saying? He he he's a brick wall. He's he's a monster on defense. He's gonna get you rebounds. He's gonna do those hustle plays. He's gonna aggravate and throw those big man elbows in the guts of big men just to aggravate. That's what Steven Adams does. You know, so what you're right. What he does, he does it well. He'll be more serviceable to me than Chris Paul. I think Chris Paul's on his, you know, on his downward. He's, he's, I, yeah. I love Chris Paul. But I think he's one of those, the last few, you know, like him and Rondo are like the last few, you know, straight up like I'm a, I'm a facilitate before I shoot, yeah. you know, point guards. And they both kind of got one foot in the grave career-wise as it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't know Stephen Adams was from a right. big family. That's awesome. Yeah, he's a big family he's a brotherhood. Of 19 brothers. I believe I believe I read that somewhere. I could be wrong, but I I, I definitely am, am pretty I'm I was, like ninety eight percent it up. sure he's like the youngest of seventeen. Youngest of seventeen. Seventeen. Yeah, that's crazy. So he's the youngest of seventeen brothers. Can you imagine that, dude? Can you imagine uh, you getting bullied by seventeen Whoa. or sixteen other brothers? Jeez. Oh, you man. know, I'm I'm the youngest of thirteen over here, so like I I got a little bit of a taste, but you know, most of them were my sisters, so it's. Uh-huh. Right. Can can you imagine if you had brothers like the size of Steven Adams now? Because his oldest brother had to have been in his like thirties, yeah. you know, when you know he was born. So it's like you have grown men as your brothers who like could be your father. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like And you, you know, know he's, but he's, you know he's that's... somebody who's probably gonna I'm I don't think he had any issues with Russ, but playing wise, he might be experiencing a breath of fresh air next season. Um, you know, actually being able to grab rebounds because he's one of the best rebounders in the league. But you wouldn't know it just looking at his stats because you mentioned it, the stat padding that Russ does. Like, his his triple doubles from Westbrook, they're kind of like empty calories. Like, they don't mean much to me. Like, right. meaningful triple doubles are like, this is going to come off as totally biased because he's my boy. But, you know, like the triple doubles, Draymond Green. Draymond Green. Stuff, yeah. Oh, you know exactly where I was going with that. Yeah, no, because Draymond puts up like a like a 10, 10, and 10 game. And those and that and when he puts up like a 10, 10, and 10 game, they're usually winning 90% of the time. Right. Because in the playoffs. Rebounds right and rebounds and the people are like, oh, you just scored 10 points. Yeah, but he's responsible for 10 assists. That's anywhere between 20 to 30 points. So that dude is laying down anywhere between 30 to 40 points. Do you realize that? Like like people don't people people do not realize that. It's like it's like, yeah, he contributed to that bucket. Yeah, you know, what I'm saying, if you didn't make that pass to that man, that man's not scoring. Whether that man is wide open or has a a hand in his face, you know, what I'm saying, or is wide open under the basket. It's like he contributed thirty to forty points in that game. That's nothing to scoff at, dude. No way. You know, so like, yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. And um, 
I got one more issue with Russell Westbrook and his playing style. Uh, and then I want to get to like Ooh. the market for Chris Paul. But with Russell Westbrook, we saw we see it a lot in the playoffs. He takes grudges and he plays very personally. Like he will sacrifice some like a better play to try to get to try to like match his uh his one on one opponent. Like we saw very specifically with uh Dame Lillard in the first round. Like there were a lot of moments where Westbrook was just trying to match or one up what Damian Lillard had just done a couple plays before or the possession before. So yeah, he, and he the, has some maturing to do in my eyes. Oh, absolutely. And the thing is, it's like he's been he's been an MVP. He's mature. This is what you're getting. Right. This is what you're getting, Russell. Russell's never going to change. I'm saying you're trying to go back-to-back shooting with Dame Lillard. Good luck. Dame Lillard is one of the best shooters in the league. Good luck. Yeah. You are not one of the best shooters in the league. Do you you know, you right. he has to know this. Russell, Russell Westbrook's not a stupid person. He's not a dumb human being. He has to realize that, you know, he doesn't have the greatest shot. But he right. has strengths elsewhere. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, man, I'd rather, I'd rather drop 30, 35 dimes to somebody, literally, Think about it, man. I'm 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 contributing anywhere between seventy to eighty points a game if I can drop anywhere between thirty and thirty-five dimes. And yeah, he has the he to me has the talent to do it. Yeah. But he just wants to, like you said, he wants to do. He wants to be like, I'm gonna pull up from here and you can't shoot, buddy. I'm gonna pull up from there, you can't shoot, buddy. Kinda, you know what I'm yeah, saying? And it's like, like, oh, he gets some insecurities to me because when you know it's not a bad shot for Lillard to pull up from 40 to 45 feet because he consistently hits that. Like, it's not a gimmick when he hits that. And Right. Especially if it means that Russell Westbrook is going to try to do the same exact thing on the next possession and miss terribly. Then you just swung the game potentially five to six points. Right, and that's, and that's what happened. It's like – when I saw that PG was leaving, I'm like, it, I, I, I knew, I, I knew why. No one wants to play with Russ because you know, if if you know, I'm not saying I'm a basketball guru. This is just from my straight perspective, mm-hmm. dude. If I was an NBA player, I would not want to play with Russell Westbrook either. Yeah, because I don't, I don't like, I, I love his motor. I love his motor. I love it when he, you know, he gets in this, he gets in this flow, and he's. And he's slashing, he's kicking, or he's slashing, he's dunking. You know what I'm saying? When he's getting everybody involved, he's great. But that's like few and far between. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. personally, I would not want to play with somebody like Russell. And I think everyone that goes and plays with Russell realizes that, you know. And I think I think Harden thinks he's going to get Russell he got from OKC, and I I don't think that's the same Russell that he's used to playing with. You know what I'm saying? I don't think, you know. Um, Harden is, is the same dude that Russell is used to playing right. with, but you know they're going to have to change a little bit. And but like you said, um, for 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 Paul, for Chris Paul, you know what I'm saying his. I don't think his market's too big. You know what I'm saying. I think he's on his downside. But like I said, you can you can take over from there because um, I don't think he's really serviceable after the next few years. Right, and he's getting paid quite a hefty bit. Um. True. Yeah, like 
generally you're not going to trade for Chris Paul if you're looking to tank. Like you're going to trade for this type of player if you're looking if you think your championship window is in the next two to four years, kind of like the way the Raptors pulled the trigger on the Kawhi Leonard trade. So automatically that cuts out teams like Phoenix and like Memphis, obviously Memphis is drafted John Morant. So they're not looking for like a Chris Paul type player. Um, So the type of team that's going to look to trade for him is a team that's like built to win now. Uh, obviously due to his relationship with LeBron uh, people have brought up the Lakers but he's also got that relationship with Rondos and they just extended Rondo so you'd have to find a a market for Rondo which is equally as difficult if not more so Um, so you might might rule out the Lakers Um, Clippers they're in win now mode but they don't really need a point guard Um, you know they got Patrick Beverly over there exactly Philly, they're built so, to win now and in the future. They're not going to give up anything for Chris Paul. Um, you know, the Raptors, they still like Kyle Lowry at the point. They're not going to give up anything for Chris Paul. The Warriors, um, even if they liked Chris Paul as a person, which they don't, they've got a long history uh, with all of his teams. You know, obviously they got Steph right. and D'Angelo Russell. So they're not – there are a lot of – it's tricky for Chris Paul. Like, I felt like he was in a good situation for himself personally in Houston. And now, yeah, the market's kind of dried up on Chris Paul. He's not a hot commodity. Right. And, you know, OKC, they have, like, a lot of uh, – they're known for having, you know, beat. They, yeah. they got a lot of uh, cattle ranches there. And, and no <laughs> offense, I think it's a perfect – I think it's a perfect place for him to be put out the pasture. You know, <laughs> no pun intended, dude. Or <laughs> actually, probably all pun intended because no, that's, that's I, I, I love Chris Paul. <laughs> I love Chris good. Paul. You know, don't get you know, don't get me wrong. I love Chris Paul from the Hornets uh, to Lob City to here. You know what I'm saying? I love him. I love Chris Paul. I love Chris Paul. It's like it, it hurts to see the end of these kind of point guards, in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I think that I think that Chris Paul is, you know. <sighs> You know, time to retire, brother. I I, th- I think you should just enjoy, you know, making making a State Farm commercial. So, yeah, I wonder if they get to switch colors, you know, because the State Farm is red now. So uh, I wonder if he's going to do the State Farm commercials or he's going to switch over to, like, Liberty Mutual or something. I don't know. You know, Geico, maybe something. But, so, you know, I think I think it's a, I think it's a good uh, – he can help build something before he retires here in OKC. Yeah. So here's – Here's a question I just uh, thought of right now. If you're the Utah Jazz, are you now, like, kicking yourself after you pulled the trigger for Mike Conley, knowing that you could have traded for Chris Paul instead? I mean, who would they have uh, – who did they give up for um, Mike Conley? Let me find that. I know um, – uh, what's his face? The mad tripper from Duke um, – Oh, was part um, of the deal. Uh, he wasn't like the main oh, part. Let me find that one. The mad tripper from Duke. I can't think of his Grayson name Allen. now. He just Grayson he, Allen. Grayson Allen. He got a he got a he got ejected out of a summer league game <laughs> right. for taking a swipe at. The, but you know what? You know, I, I was, I, as much as I hate him, I don't think it was. I, I do not think it was worth an ejection. I really don't. Yeah. No. Me neither. And um. I thought it was kind of interesting seeing Grayson Allen and Donovan Mitchell play together because of um, 
one of the people that got tripped up by J- Grayson Allen in college was Donovan Mitchell at Louisville. Uh, but here's the trade. Right. Utah sent Grayson Allen, Kyle Korver, who's now a free agent, Jay Crowder, and draft compensation to Memphis for Mike Conley Jr. Um, I mean, and all they got was Mike Conley out of it. I mean, what's a, what's a so basically it's like who you pick up in a pickup game, Conley or Chris Paul at this point. You know okay. what I'm saying? And well, there's and also kind of, like and um, kind of, there's also salary to, to take into consideration. Let me find what Mike Conley is gonna make next year. And also like that's true too. But 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 straight up from like a talent standpoint and like an age standpoint, don't get me wrong, I love I love Chris Paul. I'm gonna say it again. But mm-hmm. I think it might be time for him to, you know, you know, hang it up. But I think that he still probably has a little more to take and hopefully he can prove, you know, people like me wrong. You know, I love being proved wrong and seeing, you know, something I say not happen. It's 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 awesome. But See, I think that I, I would take Conley because Conley is a little younger. How how, how much younger is Conley than Chris Paul? Uh, Chris Paul is 34 and Mike Conley, um, who I really like because I used to be a, a Grizzlies fan uh, back when they had Zach Randolph. Mike Conley is three years younger, about five mil cheaper. Right. So it's like it's like you're getting you you you're gonna get the same thing. Right. And you you probably get probably get better shooting out of Chris Paul than Mike Conley. Right. And Conley, at least you get to have a good serviceable point guard. Conley really is good more of like a dig down guard. defender as well. Not that Chris Paul's terrible on defense, but I really like what Mike Conley brings to the table. And got to keep in mind, like they're working with a young star who's on the up and up in Donovan Mitchell. You got to take into consideration playing style, which I think um, Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell could be a really good fit. And not that Chris Paul and Donovan Mitchell couldn't have been a good fit. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure Donovan Mitchell grew up looking up to guys like Chris Paul. So, but yeah, no, yeah. I, if I'm the Jazz, I'm still thrilled uh, with what I gave up for Mike Conley and probably would have taken at least two first-round picks to get Paul. So, no. If I'm the Jazz, I'm still, I'm still good with it. And also, like, with this whole G League, the whole, like, NBA is a developmental league. I mean, you're finding dudes that, are, that can ball. You know, I, you know, I'll say this since we started, Joe, I'll say we were blue in the face. There's so many pockets of NBA talent in America, and and it's going global. You know right. what I'm saying? Uh, uh, all the, uh, you know, who won MVP this year? Brandon Giannis, Clark. Greek dude. Who won? Oh, oh, wait, wait. Yeah, Sorry, uh, I thought you were talking about Clark. <laughs> no. no, but no, no, like, like who who won the NBA uh, MVP? Giannis. He's from Greece. Who won the Who won the Rookie of the Year? Doncic, Slovenia. Right. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, defensive player of the year, Gobert. He's from France. Uh, and and there's another one. Oh, uh, most improved player. You got uh, Pascal Siakam, Cameroon. You know what I'm saying? And you got six and like uh, like uh, Sweet Lou Williams. I love that dude. You know, but a uh, little side note. But NBA M- basketball is right to me, right under soccer. It's globally. It's 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 a monster, you know what I'm saying? So, like, you let four or five of these guys go just to get Conley, you might have an ace in the hole coming up from the G League that 
nobody knows that everyone's been seeing about who's going to blow up on the scene and it's going to happen. It's, it has happened. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, look at, look at cook bell. They came through the league. I mean, through the development league. So I really like where the NBA is headed. Yeah. I really do. And so I, 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 I would give up those guys for Conley all day long. For sure. For sure. And maybe the jazz do have that guy in the G league and they didn't give him up. Um, yeah, I, b- I believe it was Brandon Clark, uh, speaking of the Grizzlies, who, who won uh, the G League tournament MVP. That's that's what I thought you were referencing. Nice. But that's another guy um, that the Grizzlies got. I really like what the Grizzlies have building in the future. Um, right. See, I, I'd, even, I'd even know that. And that's that, that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's like, what if it's Brandon Clark? You know, what, what position is he? Is he a, a guard? He's like a guard forward. You know, he played with uh, Hachimura at Gonzaga. Oh, I know who you're talking about. You see, so, so that, that, this, they could have, they could like all of a sudden, all of a sudden, this guy blow up in the next two years and they build around this dude. You know what I'm saying? And like the whole Conley thing wouldn't even have mattered to Grizzly. So that's why I think like I, I love the G League, man. It just, you know, gives these kids somewhere else to go after college. You know what I'm saying? If they don't get, you know, drafted, or they do get drafted, and they're just you know they're not crisp enough, ready enough. Yeah. So, um, in the college basketball world, real quick, um, it's almost like free agency because it happens so late. But uh, some young blood uh, committed to the University of Michigan, and I think it's a really big commitment, uh, specifically for this upcoming season. Uh, Franz Wagner. Young, younger brother of Mo Wagner uh, became Jawan Howard's first commitment pretty late in the period, but that's just what happens. Um, but, yeah, Sasha, we can just uh, quickly touch on this subject. I think this is a big, big get for Michigan because uh, I really didn't like their outlook for their starting five next season, and I think this bumps it up quite a bit. Yeah, uh you know, they lose uh, Berzikas and they lose Poole. And, um, you know, even and though Berzikas kind of looking good in, the, you know, in, the, in Matthews, but, you know, we were, you know, was he ever going to, you know, come back anyway? A hundred percent like he was when he first came over here. I, I, I highly would have doubted that. Love his explosiveness. Well missed, but he wasn't going to be the same. But Berzikas is not looking bad in it. He's, he's, he still had a tendency of being a bull and, you know, trying to bully his way to the rim, which isn't going to work in the NBA. But whatever, let's go out. Let's let, let's talk about uh, Wagner. Yeah, so, like, they, they lose these two guys. So there's a huge spot to fill. And, oh, Wagner's brother. I know nothing about this kid. I, you know, he's playing pro overseas somewhere, you know. Germany. So I go, yeah, Germany. So I, I hop on uh, YouTube. I'm watching him play, and I really like – his shooting motion better than his brother's. He sets his feet quick. It's just like a one-two pop, a one-two yeah. pop, a one-two pop, like every time. So it's like I like that out of him. I like him, he, and it's a quicker release than Wagner, uh, than Moe's. Moe's kind of like he has a, kind of a little bit of a wind-up. Yeah. Like his brother's, like and, Franz, is a, it's, it's his one-two quick. Right. And then he, he, he'll he take it in. And he takes it in strong. He dunk. He'll dunk it strong. And you know, what I'm saying, I don't. I didn't see too much. I want. I, I can't wait to see more of him. You know, in the upcoming season. But from what I see, hey, I'm. I, I'm glad he. You know, they have a big shooter. Yeah, and Mo really grew into his shot 
Franz is coming to U of M with that being his strength. And he's got some height, too. So I, I really like what it does for Michigan because beforehand, if they hadn't added anybody, I saw them as a bubble team. Um, and even that, I thought, was maybe a little bit generous. This, I think, um, with any luck, they're pretty solidly a, an NCAA tournament team. So I, I like that a lot for them. And again, it, it gets the first recruit commit out of the way for Howard. Yeah, and and it's you're right. It's a hell of a it's a hell of a commit. Um, l- like I said, I don't know too much of him. I'm I'm excited from what everyone's saying, from what I'm seeing. But then again, they're not showing me. You know, when you go see highlights, you're not seeing bad highlights. Right, it's all exactly. good stuff. You know what I'm saying? Highlights. So are it's like tell you to me, everything I, you need to know about a player. Right. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? I want to see, you know, uh, maybe we should start a YouTube channel of bad highlights and like everything <laughs> that people in these like top recruits do wrong. People can like, you know, hey, well, this is what he does wrong. Right. Because everybody, everybody's going to have weaknesses, flaws. It's going to happen. But I, I really like your shot. It's, it, it's crazy how like mechanical it is. I want to say, you know, what I'm saying it's not like robot esque. you know, what yeah. I'm saying so. Um, it's can't wait to see what this kid does. You know, I hope Livers has a really good year. Um, uh, Teske, I, 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 I really want Teske to get big, like like beast mode when he gets in the post and not let somebody like um, the point guard from Michigan State uh, uh, bully money. you out of the damn paint when you're seven foot two. Yeah, that guy, you know, bully you out of the paint when you're seven foot one, seven foot two. It should not happen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You should not have Cassius Winston pushing you out of the paint when you're seven foot two. You should be taking over. And I think with Wagner being a big man on the wing, he should be playing a little bit more towards the basket now. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I think, I, you know, you, you know, me and you, me and you Joe, our, our programs are dear to our heart, and I think this rivalry is dear to our heart because we don't see interstate rivalries like like the Carolinas do, you know right. what I'm saying? So it's or like even, we, we, even like the football rivalry ahead. between Michigan and Michigan State, we view differently than the basketball one. And, you know, we, we could go on about Michigan, Michigan State basketball for hours. And, you know, somebody's got to because right. no one else in the state will. So, Right. And, and have and have totally, like, unbiased views for both sides. You know what I'm right. saying? So, like, um, when, yeah, when most Bob definitely, committed, dude. You know, I texted you and Mike, and I said, I really like this commitment for Michigan. Like, I think this is big for them. Maybe he's, like, a one-and-done type of player because he seemed – uh, ready to stay in Germany for another year and then go to the NBA. And a lot of people really like his game. Um, but, you know, this could also be a building block for the future and set the tone for how Juwan Howard is going to start to build his program. Right. That's true, too. And then and then if the one and done gets abolished, I think that's going to affect everybody in the uh, NCAA world. And then, um, you know, we'll see how, we'll see how everybody kind of – I don't know, you know, changes to uh, change with the times yeah. that happens. But for right now, I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm I'm, I'm glad we got him. Um, I just hope he lives up to the hype. For sure. For sure. Yeah, it's going to – I think it's going to – there's going to be a little bit of a transition period because he, he wasn't sure a month ago if he was going to be playing ba- college basketball or pro. And now he's coming into college basketball with – a lot of what, not a lot, but a pretty sizable amount of weight 
on his shoulders for a 17-year-old. Because just look at how we're talking about Michigan basketball now with or without Franz Wagner. You know, it's a very different conversation uh, now that they right. do have him. So, you know, it, it'll it probably take that first couple of games for him to, like, get acclimated. But, yeah, I, this is a really good pickup. So, big fan of it. Most definitely. Yeah. This episode of the Beards for Radio podcast is brought to you by Farbar Fashion Clothing and Design. Make sure to go to far-ebar.com to browse products and hopefully buy something because it's all authentic, handmade, and from a very small business. So support your small businesses and go to far-ebar.com. Tell them the Beards sent you. It probably won't get you anything, but just do it. Stranger Things season three. I liked it because the first two seasons we dealt with parts of the upside down, right? Mm -hmm. And here we kind of didn't really see no parts of the upside down. We kind of saw like the main, like the main dude, the main, you know, the monster that, you know, Will saw. Mind Flayer. You know, when he walked out, the Mind Flayer, when when he walked out of the, um, the arcade yeah. um i think that was in season two yeah when you saw in, in season two and i like how when they closed it a part of it got trapped here and it the only way it could grow is i guess you know by melting body parts and becoming oh. you know an actual like organic mass rather than like a shadow was, yeah. mind flare like a so I, I love how they flip that around. Like, you right. know, we saw how Will and everybody else went to the upside down. Now, how is this thing from the, from the upside down going to react into our world? You know what I'm saying? So I thought that was really, really, you know, edgy to put us on our, you know, put on, a, you know, you know, to put out there because it kept me on my, on my uh, edge of my bed. We watched it in what you know, it lasted a 24 hour period. We binge watched it, yeah. so I mean, that just goes to tell you, yeah, same here. Uh, I got it out of the way really quick, yeah. That was like uh, that monster was like nasty looking, but I like I like that aspect, like you said, how the for the first season that we saw it in season two, it was a shadow, it was like literally smoke in the sky, kind of forming this thing. So that's kind of what we were expecting. And like you said, it's an organic mass of exploding rats and people who have been called to follow it. So it's kind of like a cult thing. Um, You know, it it took a a while for it to like all come together. Because when I'm watching the first few episodes, I'm like, this is all over the place. Uh, Dustin is not even with the group anymore. And like Will is with them, but he doesn't feel like he's part of them. And it's going in all different directions. And Nancy and Will or uh, Jonathan Byers are now uh, amateur journalists, you know, trying to break into the media world. We know what that's like, (laughs) but you know, once it all kind of came together and there was only like the two storylines with um, Dustin and Steve and Robin and uh, Lucas's sister, I'm drawing a blank on her name uh, with the Russians. Oh, Yes. Um, and then, uh, you know, the other group of kids with Nancy and Jonathan against the Mind Flare. And then you have um, Hopper and uh, Joyce Byers and 
I think it's Murphy or Murray. I keep forgetting his name. And the Russian guy, which the Russian guy dying. Spoiler alert. Oh, man. That was like the most devastating death scene I've seen in a long time. Like that was right up there with Bob Newby in season two. I was like devastated, oh, dude. Want... When he, he just won right, uh, the right. Woodpecker stuffed animal. And he's like. He's got that authentic smile, and you just see it go away in an instant when he sees uh, the Jason Statham-looking guy. Oh, that was so sad to me. D- didn't they call him Popoff? Yeah. For for I think I think Popoff for like the vodka, Popoff vodka. I think that's what Hopper was calling Smirnoff. him. Smirnoff. But Smirnoff, Smirnoff. Oh, that's what they call him. Alexi that's what they name. call yeah. him. Alexi. They call him Smirnoff. That's what they call him. Smirnoff. But yeah, dude, like like. The, and you could tell, like, like I really do believe, like, even in, like, you know, this is, like, Cold War era, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, even in wars, I believe that there's people that really don't want to be doing what they want to be doing, but they're kind of, like, under the gun in the thumb of a government. And I think Alexi kind of represented that, you know, and he was kind of like, yeah, fuck it, let's take him down. I don't really don't want to do this anyway. This is kind of, you know opening a doorway to like a, a different like world you know what i'm saying i think we need to stop this too let's go let's, let's roll i did mean, they have this bond you know this crazy american dude who's like you know a conspiracy uh, locked tight right who's locked tight in the middle of the woods somewhere you know and then you got this like russian dude, guy guy that don't speak a lick of english from russia and they bond so much and then yeah, dude, he like screamed bloody murder when he got killed. Alexei! Yeah. But, like, yeah, man, that was that was kind of devastating. I liked Alexei. I thought it was gonna was go going like, you know, he's he's uh throwing the darts at the balloons and Murphy told him it was rigged. I thought it was gonna be like he gets down to the last balloon and it doesn't pop and he's like sad and disappointed because he finds out it is rigged. That's where I thought like the disappointment was gonna come. Uh but right. No, he, he like he won it and he was so happy. I was oh, I was devastated, dude. That was yeah. That was right up there with Bob Newby for me. Right. But there always has to be some kind of superhero that dies. Maybe we'll we'll make superhero Alexis. Yeah. Superhero Smirnoff. But but yeah, so go on. The season itself to me was the weakest of the three, but I don't fault the writers of that because this is such a unique show we haven't really seen we've seen a lot of shows that they've kind of borrowed from but we haven't seen one where it's all together like this so i don't fault the writers because it's it's hard to keep up but the story itself i could get behind i thought it was a decent storyline for a third season of this type of tv show but the characters they just kind of all didn't do it for me like they did in the first two seasons it's the same characters but their characteristics are like magnified you know multiplied by three like they're all just kind of you know in the first two seasons hopper was kind of like that grumpy local cop now it's just like he's angry he's pissed off all the time at everything or like um you know lucas's little sister was a bit over the top for me like I, I kind of feel like every time we saw, like, we see a black woman in Stranger Things or, like, that sassy black... Like, it's funny, but it keeps on going. I'm just kind of, like... Every character was kind of, like, overblown on their signature features. Does that make sense? 
Well, no, you, 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 you I, I kind of get what you're saying too. And it was funny. You, you kind of see these kids kind of grow up too. They're growing right. up. So that, you know, who knows if they're going through puberty and they get their hormones running. I mean, look at Lucas. Lucas looks like freaking Wesley Snipes. You know, all of a sudden he's like, he has like a little <laughs> mustache. He's like, his arms are like formed up. I'm like, what the heck? It was one season. You know, <laughs> what happened? Right. You know, God, testosterone and puberty just kicked in for these kids. You know, and they they all sprouted up. You know, so like, I I could see where you're coming with that. You know, what I'm saying they're overblown, especially the part where you know Dustin, you know, was you know so gung ho on you know oh, I got his girlfriend now and you know trying to get a hold of her and, and, and her ass is the reason why probably Hopper ended up, you know, either dying or in a Russian jail or in the upside down right now because she had to sing, she, she had to get a song sung to her, you know, yeah, the see, never ending story. It's like, I see what they were trying to do. Like they're trying to kind of memeify it a bit and make it funny. And it was funny, but it was also very cringy. The whole never ending story song. I was like, at first I was like, okay, they're really going to do this. And then I was like, Oh, this is, this is super uncomfortable. And that was me watching it by myself. <laughs> right. And, and, and they got super into it and they're waiting for the code. And, and if they would have gotten the code in before the song was sung, they would have gotten the code in, you know what I'm saying? He could have turned the key, turned the key, everything would have been good. And then Hopper would have had uh, a one-on-one -on -one fight with the Russian or he would have saw him coming or something. But that whole little duet, the never ending story duet is the reason why Hopper uh, whatever happened to Hopper happened to Hopper, right. you know? That part really annoyed me. What happened or didn't happen with Hopper? Yeah. What happened or didn't happen right. with Hopper. I mean, you gotta keep it going. Um, like, they're definitely setting up season four, but it's gonna be difficult now because uh, Joy's, the buyers moved away and took Eleven with them. So, like, I don't know which direction season four is gonna go in. Like, like I said, I, I think the writing and the story was still really entertaining and really interesting, but the execution to me could have been better, but I don't fault it because sometimes like shows, their expectations get so big. And that's how we were feeling after the first two seasons of Stranger Things. Like the show oh, yeah, is so big now, it's everywhere. Right, it's everywhere. And I kind of like the, the fact that... Um... They're kind of bringing the Russians into it because of the whole, like, you know, people are so scared of the Cold War thing and, you know, the Russians and the spies and this, that, and the third. But I thought it was pretty cool they brought them into this. But, um, but yeah, I think a, a lot of it was just, like, way over the top. I was really uh, impressed with um, Maya Hawk. It was that one girl that worked with um, oh, Robin. Uh, Steve at, at, at Ships Ahoy. Yeah, Robin. You know what I'm about? That... Yeah, that's uh, that's Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawke's daughter. Okay, yeah, I heard that, and it, that makes sense. I didn't know Ethan Hawke yeah. and Uma Thurman were a thing, but I totally see that now. Yeah, so like, um, it, it it it's cool seeing you know you know actors that are kind of like have famous parents get yeah. a role like that where, and it's not really like. It's not really pushed that the fact that these are her parents, you know what I'm saying? Because I didn't know about it till afterwards. My sister told me she's like, "What do you think about my?" I'm like, "Who?" I'm like, I'm like, "Yeah, she was okay. She wasn't bad." I'm like, "I'm like," um, and she's like, "You know, that's." I'm like, "Really?" I'm like, "That's kind of cool," you know. what I'm saying, you know, I, you know, I, I like the, the kids that want to go out there and make their own kind of name. So, 
you know, what while I watched the rest of it the next day, I was kind of like, okay, cool. You know, she doesn't have that bad acting chops, and I hope she, you know, gets on to do more stuff. So I, I, that was cool. I liked that new character. I thought that was a really nice addition. I was kind of disappointed in, um, I, like, when I saw the cast list way before the season came out, I saw Carrie Elwes, um, you know, from Princess Bride. He played Wesley. Um, I was yeah, really excited yeah, for that addition. Yeah, the mayor. And he, he played like uh, the corrupt mayor who got beat up by everybody and got no respect. Um, I was, I, I was kind of sad with that, with knowing that he was cast as that. But the character itself, I was okay with. Yeah. So, like, you know, fast forward to the end. Spoiler: What do you think is to become of Hopper? What do you think happened to him? Um simple answer i think he's in the upside down and they're gonna have to they're somehow 11 gonna figure it out because you know she can listen to the static and put on the blindfold and find people she's gonna figure out he's in the upside down and they're gonna have to reopen the gate but that's gonna like fuck up a whole bunch of other stuff that had been unfucked by them closing the gate permanently so who's the american that's in the, uh, the russian cell Who's the American that's in the Russian film? Oh, shit. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? At the very end, at the very end when they go, when they feed the one prisoner to the, the, uh, the Demogorgon. Remember that? And then they're in like Kamchatka, Russia. Did you watch, did you watch like the end credits? You know what? I didn't. So. Wow. Okay. So <laughs> here, spoiler for you. They're, they're in, they're, uh, it, it, the very end, I think it's like, or the second, I think it's the second cutscene. You can go watch, go watch it. Yeah, <laughs> it's in, they're in, they're in Kamchatka, Russia, right? Yeah. So they, they they show this you know Russian general or you know he's a captain or something whatever. They're, he's walking through like a like a military prison, and he's walking with the the guards, and they go to um, a cell and they're like they're like go to open a cell. He's like no 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 in, in Russian sometimes he's like leave the American. And he points to another sound. They open the sound. There's a you know a Russian you know prisoner of war, military you know prisoner, and they and they take him out of the door and they take him out of his prison right. And he's fighting them the whole time. And they throw him into this cage and they lock the cage and they open the door and a demigorgon comes out and it friggin' attacks him. And that's how they ended end the second uh, the second uh, like post credit scene. So there's American in Kamchatka, Russia. Now to me, it's like, is that, is that Hopper? Did they, did they take him? Did they take him and go back to Russia with him? Huh. Or is it, is it, is it the one guy that, uh, that like uh, L uh, 11 called father, Matthew Modine? Is it him that maybe he got caught, you know, with something is Hopper in the upside down? Or is Hopper actually dead? But watch the watch the second end uh, uh, end scene. It'll it'll kind of change up. Like, okay, what's going on in season four now? Damn, my years of Marvel training yeah. have disappointed me. I did not know that was a thing. <laughs> Speaking, yeah, dude. Like, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Whenever like I watch like movies now, I'm like I'm always like fast forward. Like if I watch a movie or a show, I'm like okay. Fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. You know, like I'm like, dude, like who knows anymore? You know, who, who freaking knows what's coming? Marvel doesn't do it. Everybody's doing it nowadays. Yeah. So, like, I yeah. When, so uh, Pirates of there's the a few. Was doing it. 
Right. You know what I'm saying? So there's a few post credit scenes. I suggest watching them. It'll kind of be like, kind of throw a little wrench into like, oh, well, maybe this is going on this way and this is going to go on this way. So speaking of Marvel, I have a bit of breaking news um, as this is happening, because, you know, San, San Diego Comic-Con is happening right now. Um, and I, right? I just posted this article to our Facebook page. If you go to Facebook, look up Beards for Radio podcast, you will find us. Um, but Marvel has confirmed the schedule for Phase 4. Uh, there are a few untitled in what? here. But do you want to hear this? Shoot. I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic right now. Right. I, hit you, I hit you with not watching the end of uh, Stranger Things. Now you can hit me with this. Perfect. All right. May 1st, 2020, Black Widow movie. Ooh. And the comment says, long-rumored Black Widow film is definitely happening and will star Scarlett Johansson, uh, David Harbour, who we were just talking about. That's Jim Hopper from Stranger Things, Florence Pugh, yes. and uh, a couple other names that will hit theaters on May 1st, 2020. And I guarantee you Taskmaster is going to be the villain in that movie. But go and ahead. Fall 2020. This is exciting. Fall 2020 is one of the untitleds. Uh, November 6th, 2020, we get the Eternals movie. Ooh! This is exciting. Go on. Okay, so the Eternals movie will star Angelina Jolie. Yes, I heard that. that. Okay, I didn't know that one before today. Um, February 12th, 2021, Shang-Chi and the Legends of the Ten Rings. I heard this one, and I heard the guy who's going to play it was, do you remember in Rogue War, um, Donnie Yen? Oh, yeah. You know, you know uh, that one guy? Man. Yeah, the Ip Man. He's supposed to be playing uh, Shang-Chi. Okay. So if he does, dude, like, keep going. All this right, is exciting. 2021, the Disney Plus series WandaVision, uh, which, of course, is Elizabeth Olsen playing Scarlet Witch. Yeah, and I think Paul Bettany's in it too. Okay. It's Wanda and Vision. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Wanda so Wanda Vision. Um, May seventh, twenty twenty one. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. What? I bet you. You know. Now you see. Remember the last episode we were talking about um, how we kind of want Spider Man to be his own thing. Yeah. This is one of those movies where you can bring Spider Man into it because now, you know, not now for sure. You know, even. In the first straight Doctor Strange, um, uh, the wise one, whatever her name is, uh, she even mentions there's a multiverse. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So this opens it up for everything. So it can open up a lot of stuff for Spider-Man. They can have a little Spider-Man cameo in, uh, you know, in Doctor Strange. But I, I love that they're going to mess with the multiverse. I think it brings so much to the it MCU. It can go on forever. And uh, apparently spring 2021 is a big... Uh, season for them because the Loki Disney Plus series will also start airing. And then uh, we got another untitled film in summer 2021. In fall 2021, we get the Disney Plus series, The Falcon and Winter Soldier. Excited for that. Nice. And then November 5th, 2021, uh, the Taika Waititi Thor 4 movie has a title. Thor 4, Love and Thunder. Nice. And Taika Waititi has announced that there will be Lady Thor, played by Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman. Boo. <laughs> Go on. Um, and that's what they've given us so far. 
So that's all the way you through see, November now, I of 2021. Okay. I don't really care too much for Lady Thor. No. I want to see Beta Ray Bill. I want to see Beta Ray Bill in Guardians of the Galaxy or Thor 4 or something of, you know, that. But I definitely... Uh, I I I, like I want to see how it goes. You know, I don't I don't mind Lady Thor, but is she gonna have her own hammer, or is she gonna, you know, pick up Thor's hammer? Because I just read that in the comics, uh, they made the the quote that's on the side of Thor's of from Mjolnir. Uh, there's a quote that says on it for he who picks it up, he is worthy. They made it like gender neutral now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying for who picks it up, they will be worthy. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, so I don't want, I don't want her to take over the mantle, but like, like a Shazam, like, did you watch Shazam? Like Shazam has a Shazam family. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind to see a Thor family, you know, her fight alongside Thor, you know, as Lady Thor. I think that'd be cool, but taking over the mantle, I think it's like, why? You know right. what I'm saying? So I when hope it doesn't go that way. So, I'm not sure what this does for Guardians 3 because that doesn't that wasn't on the list that we just read off, but that's supposed to be released in 2021 and you know, from all we know, uh, it's going to have Thor in it. So we could potentially have two major films with Chris Hemsworth as Thor in 2021. Right, most definitely, because there's those there's those unnamed ones that those one of those could be guardians, yeah. you know. But I I just hope that that they I'd, I'd rather see them go a Beta Ray Bill Thor team up than a Thor Lady Thor team up. You get what I'm saying? Sure. I don't want that's what I want to see as, as a comic book fan. That's what I want to see. You know what I'm saying I don't I could care less if they go to a politically correct route. As a comic book fan, I want to see. Thor and Bader Bill fuck some shit up. That's what I want to see. Yeah, and they also announced it was um, the end of the Infinity Saga. That's what they called phases one through three. The Infinity Saga. Nice. So, Yeah, so we'll definitely get more in depth on that when we have more time to let it stew, but that just came up as uh, we were, as I was researching something else that we were talking about. Had to bring it up because, uh, you know, that's one of our big talking points on this show. So, absolutely. Boom, there you go. There's talking points for the next few episodes as uh, we get into football season. We're now six weeks away from Michigan and Michigan State football. Awesome, man. Yeah, I can't wait. Um, and, yeah, there's a, there's a lot to talk about. But I think we kind of, you know, hit everything that we wanted to at this point, you know, on the head. So, yeah, definitely. I agree with that. So, yeah, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, everybody, make sure to tune in to Sasha's other podcast, Talk and Shoot, because tomorrow they're going to have a very special guest on. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Detroit Red Wing legend Darren McCarty. Right. Um, he's a really good dude. Um, we're going to talk to him about sports. We're going to talk to him about, I mean, Red Wings. We're talking about a state of, you know, where, where does he like to, if, where does he does he like where the NHL is at right now or where it's headed, especially our Detroit Red Wings now that we have, you know, his cap back, Steve Y. Um I'm gonna talk to him about how um he talks about how marijuana saved his life and um he also started, 
you know, he coupled that with doing stand-up comedy. I, I had no clue that Darren McCarty does stand-up comedy. So he says uh, marijuana stand-up comedy saved his life, you know, from, you know, drinking. And I think, you know, a lot of people struggle with addiction. So it's it's great for him to, you know, use our platform to talk about it. So that I'm really excited to talk to him about that. That's really cool. Yeah. So everybody, yeah. remember the name, Talking Shoot. Yes, sir. And uh, this has been Bitch for Radio. It's been great. Joe, turn around. <laughs> Look at what you see.